It's the Roger Stone Show on 77 WABC. This is a Roger Stone, and we're back on the Roger Stone Show. To me, when it comes to entertainment and show business, there are certain individuals that transcend description to be actual icons. Al Jolson is one, Elvis Presley, Frank Sinatra. But today we're joined by yet another of the one, another one of them, Pat Boone, who was one of the most famous teen idols of the 1950s and 60s, known for his squeaky clean image and devout Christian faith. Pat Boone has sold millions of records, starred in a string of family-friendly hit movies, and actually helped pioneer the entire rock and roll movement. He continues to act in films, serve as a spokesman for numerous brands, and recently released a new single, Grits, and a new milestone country music project, which we're going to talk about in a minute, Country Jubilee. It is my great honor to, to, uh, to uh, host uh, and introduce Pat Boone to The Roger Stone Show. <laughs> I'm just sitting here letting my ego inflate. You know, but <laughs> but thanks for that. One thing we left out was my writing, which is true. The second Jewish national anthem, I wrote the words to Exodus. This land is mine. God gave this land to me. Ernest Gold wrote the melody, and I wrote the words. And and the the Christmas card on which I wrote those words is on the wall of the righteous Gentile at Yad Vashem. And for a kid from Nashville church-going white kid to have written the second Jewish national anthem is uh, is a landmark thing for me. So uh, it overshadows most of the other uh, accolades. But but I've had a blessed life, Roger, no question. Well, you speak, of course, of the great song Exodus, which was the theme of the Academy Award-winning movie by Leon Uris. Yeah, uh, and the music, as you point out, by Ernest Gold. How is it that you came to write the lyrics for that epic, epic standard? It's a good, it's a good story, <clears throat> and uh, and the truth is that I had read. I I came from a Bible reading family in Nashville. We were not. My dad a building contractor, mama registered nurse, very practical professions. But our going to church and reading the Bible. Uh, was a practical part of our lives. That's just the way I grew up. So I knew the whole history, as far as the Bible tells it, of the people of Israel, and uh, and and have felt as a Christian, as an adopted Jew, because the the Jews have always been God's chosen people. That's never changed. But it was prophesied that there would come one of that number who would be a Messiah, a Jew. To, to be the savior of the world, but himself a Jew coming first to the Jews. And so I identified with Judaism for my whole life. So when I heard the song, Ferrani Teicher piano duo playing that bum, 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 I got goosebumps. I thought, whoa, I want to sing that. And so my manager contacted the publisher, Chapel Music, and uh, I said, Pat Boone would like to record that song. What are, where are all the words? They said, there aren't any words, and there won't be. And he asked, why? Well, because several of the uh, famous, noted uh, uh, songwriters have proposed lyrics, most of them Jewish, of course, and they're trying to compress 3,000 years of history into one short little 
melody, and uh, we just don't think they've done it. So uh, Ernest Gold has a veto power over it. He, he wrote the melody, uh, Chapel Music, and Otto Priminger, the director of the film. And so far, all the lyrics that have been proposed have been uh, summarily dismissed. And, uh, and, and so there won't be any words. Well, I just couldn't take that. So I, it was Christmas Eve in 59, and Shirley was begging me and my wife to quit listening to that Ferrani Taisha record and help her get the presents under the tree so we could go to bed. And, um, and I, I thought, I'm just trying to get an idea to submit to one of those other writers. I wasn't thinking of writing the lyric myself, but I said, honey, just one more time, okay? For about the 40th time, I put the needle down on the record. Boom, 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 boom. I swear the words, this land is mine, came into my head right then. I got goosebumps, and I stopped. I said, that's the whole story of Israel. This land is mine, a personal, singular point of view, not trying to speak for millions of people over centuries. And and so I put the needle back on, bum, 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 bum. God gave this land to me. And all the words that came to me. So I, I grabbed something and started writing in about 20 minutes. So take my hand, walk this land with me, though I'm just a man. When you are by my side, with the help of God, I know I can be strong. If I must fight, I'll fight to make this land our own. Until I die, this land is mine. And I turned over the card that, that I was, it was a Christmas card that I'd written those words on. So <laughs> I wound up getting up to the publisher and Ernest Gold and, and Otto Preminger. They all said that, this yes, these are the words. This land is mine. It's a personal declaration. And so I recorded it, and then uh, it went on to be recorded by Andy Williams and a, and a great many other people and by choral groups and so on. So recently, a couple of years ago, I was in Israel, and the director of Yad Vashem, uh, Shiva, let's see, uh, wait a minute, she, she, no, not, uh, Shaya, Shaya ben Yehuda, and, uh, and he had tears in his eyes, a big burly guy, but he said, you don't know what those words you wrote mean to us here. I said, Shaya, I think I do. I'm well versed in the whole history of the people of Israel of all these thousands of years, and I identify with everything truly Jewish and certainly about Israel. And so I do know what it's about. He said, well, we, uh, we have a campaign underway that we want every Jewish child in Israel to know those words. They may not be able to know this melody, but we want them to know those words that you wrote. And did you, you must have written them on something. Uh, would you be willing when you pass to let us have it to put on the wall of the righteous Gentile with Oscar Schindler and Corey Ten Boom and the other Christians who were so supportive of Israel, especially during Israel's darkest days? And I said, well, look, Shia, yeah, I'll give it to you right now, but I need to let you know I wrote those words on the back of a Christmas card. And he said, so much the better. We know that all of uh, our greatest supporters in the world are evangelical Christians. If it weren't for them right now, we might not exist because they support us in everything we do. Because, because we identify with, with Israel always, always have, always will. And we call ourselves adopted Jews, adopted into the family of God's chosen people. So that's the story of how I wrote the words to Exodus, and it's 
one of the things I'm most proud of ever. Folks, if you're just tuning in, this is The Roger Stone Show, and I'm interviewing legendary entertainer Pat Boone, who's currently marking his 70th year in show business, singer, actor, songwriter, author, uh, a man who's left an indelible mark on various musical genres. Uh, Pat, I recently had a very famous actor come visit me here in South Florida. Mm -hmm. uh, he he was uh, told me he was a fan of my work. He was a, a patriot, a Christian. Uh, but uh, when I asked him where he wanted to have dinner, he said, well, could we could we go someplace, you know, where we maybe we won't be seen together? Uh, I, I don't really understand this. What? One of the things I admire about you uh, is that you uh, have not been shy about your concerns regarding what's happening in this country, regarding the state of morality in America. I noticed in a recent interview with Fox Digital News, you decried what you said was a deterioration of values in the country, saying we are going down the tubes morally in every way. What, yeah. did, you, what did you mean? Well, I mean that all the things that, that made us who America is and was, the, the historian de Tocqueville said it best, America is great because America is good. America, if she ceases to be good, will cease to be great, which has been the story of all great civilizations in the past. Um, immorality creeps in and becomes the standard. In America, our country was based on the Bible, uh, all of our leaders were church-going men. They were Bible-believing. In fact, in, in those early days where all the colleges that existed started out as Christian colleges, and if you didn't take a Bible and you didn't know the Bible thoroughly, you were not well-educated. <laughs> so that goes for Jefferson and, and, um, and Washington and Monroe and Adams Ben Franklin. I mean, they all quoted the Bible, and it was mostly the Old Testament. But you know, the big mistake that was made, Roger, was King James, when he, uh, in whatever it was, 14, 1500, he uh, had the Bible translated into King James English. And of course, that's fine. It's lovely language. But he divided uh, all the prophets, everything about the, the history of the people of Israel into the Old Testament. And then starting with Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, it was the New Testament, and the Bible stayed divided all these years, which was the horrible mistake, because every word from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22, the last book in the New Testament, every word written by Jews, for Jews, about Jews, about happenings in little Israel, about a Messiah who would come himself, a Jew, who would come to save as many of, of the Gentiles as well as would receive him, but he came first to the Jew and then to the Gentile. Isaiah, Jeremiah, those prophets all prophesied that that would happen. And even Moses said, God's going to send someone like me after me, and you are to hear to him. Who hear? You are to listen to him. I mean, the whole Bible and the, this nation was founded on the Bible, and as long as we tried to adhere in our Constitution and in our Declaration and so on, uh, to the tenets of the Bible, as, as uh, Jefferson and Lincoln both said, if we depart from the one who made us who we are, then we will cease to be who we are. And that's it. The rules of morality come whole cloth from the Bible, what we call the Old and New Testaments, but it's just the Bible itself. 
And that's where we got our mores. That's where we got our principles. All men are created equal, endowed by their creator with certain inalienable uh, privileges among these life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Not the guarantee of happiness, but equal right to pursue happiness. But it all goes back to the Creator and that to the Bible. (laughs) And so the further we get from the dictates of the Bible, which is where we get to love your neighbor as you love yourself, the golden rule, all these things are Bible. Now, books like Looking Out for Number One and and uh, winning through intimidation and all these kind of books to how to get your way riding roughshod over whoever you have to ride over. It, these books become popular. And so I've now written my last book called If. It's just the one stark word, if. And it's in Genesis all the way through the Bible. It's not one blessing of God that doesn't come with an if. And I've I've studied it, and I know it's true. That's why I call my book If, because if we want God's blessing, and certainly those of us who still believe in God, however, well, I'll come back to that. If we still believe in God, then we want his blessing. But we're not going to get his blessing if we do not listen to what he says and try to live the way he says we should live, then uh, we're, we're going to miss it. Uh, so now the... Uh, um, the the uh, uh, what's the word I'm trying to say? The pollsters, Barna and Gallup, they're all saying that less than half of America, less than 50 percent of American people go to a church or a synagogue or a temple or pray, maybe pray sometimes. They don't know if anybody's listening. They don't know the Bible at all. And therefore, we are losing the basis for our principles who made us who we are. And as as far as we go from those principles, that's where we will go. We will be like all the other nations who decided we know better than God. We'll run things ourselves. We'll leave him out of it (laughs) and ridicule him and even call Scripture hate speech. Those things are happening in our country. And and people, you know, I've been kidded a lot for being Mr., you know, holier than thou and that kind of stuff. I'm not. I'm just a practical guy, but I, but I have learned in my own life, my family life, with my marriage of 67 years and four daughters and 16 grandkids and 17 great-grandkids and all the successes in this very improbable business, the entertainment business, all these things I attribute to simply the blessings of God. It makes me want to to love him more and to obey him and see if I could earn a couple more blessings. Well, I think it was Lincoln who said the question is not is whether God is with us, but whether we are with God. You are so right. You are right. And, and, uh, and, and many other wonderful quotes like that that used to resonate, and we all knew those quotes. <laughs> but now, now... It's slipping away, and things that are abominable to God are celebrated as rights. And, uh, and, and that includes abortion and other things that, you know, I, I say I'm all for abortion. I really am, as long as it takes place before conception. <laughs> I like that. Uh, I noticed that you said uh, during this Fox Digital interview, which was really powerful, uh, you were commenting on children being taught now in class if they feel they're the wrong gender, 
maybe they can change over their want and uh, they don't even need to tell their parents nor do the teachers you said it's changing american history speak well, to that well it's for a more moment. it's worse than that and getting back to our original tenet here is blasphemy it's blasphemy first of all and blasphemy is is speaking ill of god's spirit and god himself that's blasphemy god created man and woman end of story <laughs> and and he did that through chromosomes and the x chromosomes and the y chromosomes determine the gender and you can change the outward manifestations you can lop off breasts you can emasculate a man you can create false uh, appendages do what you want onto the external but you cannot change the chromosomes that you were given at birth so you know i it is for people human beings to say i we know better than god he made me a girl but i'm not happy being a girl mom and dad can i be a boy why sure son or boy or daughter i mean what kind of parents don't want to uh, have to help the child goes through go through whatever confusion he or she she may have and learn them uh, teach them <laughs> i'm trying to say too much too quick roger but uh the parents need to learn how to teach their child to accept and to be proud of the way God created them. After all, the Bible says we're created in His image, so in some fashion each of us bears some resemblance to God and the way we are created. And that's even if we have uh, we have uh, either shortcomings or we have uh, maladies, and we're born. Sometimes people are, and they're born looking different. There's something about their, their soul, their spirit, that still bears God's image. And certainly their gender is a vital, unchangeable part of that. Uh, in a minute, we're going to talk about your exciting new country music project, Country Jubilee. But as I told you uh, before the interview today, the first time I ever saw you appear was at a rally for Barry Goldwater in 1964 in Southern California. Uh, and you made a great comment. You said you actually met and knew Dwight Eisenhower. He was elected the year I was born. How many American presidents have you met, Pat? Well, I've met all, but since since Truman, I've not only met all of them, but also hobnobbed in one way or another. I was the, the uh, chairman, uh, the entertainment chairman of the Easter Seal Telethon for 18 years. And so every year I would bring the Easter Seal poster child to the White House. But when I was in college at Columbia and Eisenhower had been president of Columbia before he became president of the U.S., and uh, I was in his office. I was a, Even back then, I was chairman of uh, American Bible Week, and I was having some hit records while I was in college at Columbia. And so I was in his office. And I got a picture on my wall of him with a startled look on his face. He said, uh, uh, I was handing him a brand new Bible. You know, he was very familiar with the Bible. And, uh, but this was for him and chairman of Bible Week. And, uh, and he says, uh, you, you're married? Are you in college? I said, yes. And I understand you have a child. I said, I've got four, Mr. President, four daughters. And, and that's the startled look on his face. I graduated at age 23 
wife and I, Shirley, were both 23. I was on the cover of TV Guide, my cap and gown, because of the Pat Boone Chevy show, which was uh, on ABC television. And, uh, and, and I had movies and records and all that happening at the same time. And you open up the TV Guide, and there's a picture of Shirley and me and our four little girls. And we're 23. So life took off in a big hurry, <laughs> and it really hasn't ever slowed down. Many people don't know this, but uh, Dwight Eisenhower uh, was the only president to be rebaptized in the White House. Uh, he was such a man of faith. I think he is greatly underrated as a president. We had unprecedented peace and prosperity. Oh, we uh, did. And, uh, and, and I, I didn't know that, Roger. I'm, you've added to my knowledge, my folklore. I, I, I will be proud forever to know that he was baptized again. And, of course, Truman was the one that that committed the United States to support the nation, the new nation of Israel, uh, when all of his advisors were urging him to not do that. You know, we need the arrows, we need the oil, don't, don't let this little upstart group of people. But Truman knew his Bible, and he knew, and in fact, a haberdasher, I think whose name was Ben, I forget what his last name was, came to the White House to be with the president while he was... Truman, while he was having to make that that really important decision, and he reminded him of what the Bible said. God said Israel would be a nation again and bring them back together. You need to vote for them, Mr. President. And when when the door to the Oval Office opened, Truman said the United States will side with Israel, and it's never backed away. Yeah, it is very sad. I think, sadly, the anti-communist, pro-America, pro-capitalism, pro-free enterprise Democratic Party of John F. Kennedy and Harry Truman, I don't think that party uh, exists anymore. Just, just my opinion. Let's, uh, folks, if you're just tuning in, uh, this is the Roger Stone Show on WABC Radio. You can listen to us worldwide on wabcradio.com, or if you're in the New York, New Jersey, Connecticut area, you can tune into us at 770 on the AM dial. Uh, I'm speaking with legendary entertainer, singer, actor, songwriter, author, Christian, uh, and uh, proud American Pat Boone. I am so honored, Pat, to have you on the show. I want to talk about uh, your new Milestone Country Music Project, yeah, yeah, Country J Jubilee. Uh, mm -hmm. This album, as I understand it, uh, is 26 tracks uh, that uh, on your own gold label, uh, mm -hmm. you're the executive producer. Dana McElwain is the producer. Scheduled for release on September 8th, 2023. Uh, I, I am uh, I am going to uh, tell folks where they can get it. But tell us about this incredible album. Yeah, I'm proud to do it, Roger. Uh, it is uh, unique. There's never been an album like it. I can say. And I'm hoping the uh, country, when the country awards come around, will pay some attention to this. Because country artists don't generally do each other's songs. That's just, they don't do that. If if, uh, if uh, George Jones has a big hit, well, that's his song. If Eddie Arnold has a big song, that's his. They don't do it. But I, all along the, the way, have been recording country songs in my own albums. I've been... No, I'm not known as a country artist, but I am a country guy. And I was born in Jacksonville, raised in Nashville. And I milked our family cow, Rosemary, before I would go to school in high school to sit next to the white woman I was to be my wife, Shirley Foley, 
who was the daughter of Red Foley, the great country artist, Hall of Fame. So I've I've been recording country songs all these years. So now I have created an album of 26 million selling songs by Hank Williams and, and uh, Roy Acuff and George Jones and Red Foley and on and on and on, Eddie Arnold. All these songs, including Tennessee Waltz, by the way, I sing. I do a very good job of singing my own state song, Tennessee Waltz. But there, nobody has ever done this. Uh, 20, 26 million selling songs in one album sung by the same artist. And I think I do a whale of a job, if I do say, <laughs> singing all these songs. And if anybody in, in the sound of our voices now loves country music, They've got to love this album because it's the cream of the crop, million-selling songs. I do Kalijah since the last time you heard that, and uh, Your Cheating Heart, Hank Williams, and and uh, Make the World Go Away, um, Eddie Arnold, and all of these other great songs, Wolverton Mountain, and and um, just all the big hits that you ever want to hear, done extremely well with orchestra and chorus by one artist. And it's just never been an album like it. So here I am. I'm 89 and doing fine. <laughs> and, and, uh, and I've got hit records, Grits, which is, I wrote that came to me in a dream, Roger. I dreamed that I was having a big country hit. And unlike most dreams, I came out of the dream with still the first verse of that song. Grits, grits, bestest food there is, country caviar. Tennessee foie gras, hey, grits, grits, bestest food there is. Keep your fancy food, give me my grits. And he goes over there to make fun of his cargo, them snails have got to go. Pate, what is that anyway? And um, and and just give me grits, red-eye gravy and, and ham and some eggs and give me my grits. So that is a hit. So is I hope the album is going to be. But now nobody is buying records today, except now there's a rebirth of the uh, vinyl player, and more and more people, they still want to hear records and uh, instead of CDs. And, of course, even CDs are vanishing. You've got to go to the Internet and become a tech whiz, and then maybe you can hear whatever you want free, almost. But the, uh, the singers and the writers and the publishers get zip almost nothing for them. So I'm hoping that with this album, it's not just a hit album for me, but I'm hoping to remind people of why America is called a country, because it started out as country. Our presidents, and and, uh, and certainly Jefferson and and uh, Washington and, and uh, Monroe and Adams, they were farmers. And the, the militia that beat the British were farmers. They picked up their, their guns and their pitchforks, and they went out to fight, and, and they helped create America. It was, it was what was happening in the countryside among country people who were reading the Bibles and going to church and trying to live the lives that you read about and that are promoted in that old Bible. And so that was country life, which is what we came to call American life, but it was originally country life. Uh, folks, you can get a Country Jubilee, which is uh, Pat Boone's unique interpretation of over 25 country classics, including five of his own top 100 
country recordings by going to global goldenlabelartists.com goldenlabelartists.com you can pre-order that now pat is my understanding this has a brand new rendition of your classic and beloved duet and number one billboard hit you and i featuring the incomparable crystal gale i, I cannot wait to hear this oh uh, you know what uh, roger i have yet to talk to anybody of any age who when i mention that song doesn't say, hey, I love that song. I mean, young people, old people, country fans, opera, but they they all love that song. So Crystal Gale and Eddie Rabbit had recorded it. It was a Grammy winner, million seller, about 40 years ago. Well, Crystal still looks beautiful, and she sings beautiful. And uh, and so she and Warner Brothers, I think, decided they wanted to, to re- redo that record and put it out again. But Eddie Rabbit's been gone 20 years, so uh, they elected me to sing with her, and so I do it. And uh, even my own grandkids, I just saw a text today from one of my grandkids saying that she was weeping as she heard me sing this song with Crystal Gale because uh, Crystal was happy to do this too. We dedicated it to my wife, Shirley, because the last lines in the song uh, looks like we made it you and I, and uh, we've made it. And it's it's called Gold Label, by the way, not Golden Label, but Gold Label. That's close enough. And yes, I, I'm so proud to have sung that with Crystal because she's, I say, beautiful inside and out. It still sings great. And I think we made a beautiful new version of that song. Uh, so, folks, Pat Boone returns to his country music roots, uh, exemplifying his enduring passion for country music and his dedication to connecting with a whole new audience through the power of these beloved classics. Country Jubilee is a testimony to Pat Boone's unwavering talent, his versatility, his ability to transcend generations and genres. This album truly sounds like a must-have addition for any music enthusiast collection. We're out of time, very sadly, because I could talk to you all day. I want to thank I want to thank Icon, a great American patriot, great Christian, uh, and great role model uh, for so many in show business today. Pat Boone for joining us right here on the Roger Stone Show. Well, I couldn't wish anybody, including you, Roger, more happiness than I've enjoyed in this life. So as far as I'm concerned, I must have done something right, because <laughs> I wish it all on everybody else. Well, God bless you. God bless you, and thank you for joining us on Thanks, the Roger, Roger. Stewart Show. Thank you. Bye. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours, like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.